everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Dynasty Tradecast. As always, I'm your host, Eric Bertzloff, better known on Twitter as at Dynasty Trades, joined by two faithful co-hosts here, Nathan and Dan. What's up, y'all? You know, we're, we're back in the building. Um, I'm live watching the uh, Buck Steelers game where the Fitzmagic is currently ending. And um, lack of Fitzmagic in my household, we're going to try to make our way through a screaming child. So don't mind that. Okay. Well, I just realized I didn't have my pink pop filter out. So now I'm doing that. So this is a real smooth open to the show, guys. So, pop those filters. Yeah, no kidding. All right. Yeah, for those that don't don't uh, aren't old school listeners of the show, I am a pink pop filter guy. So thanks, Amazon. Um, okay. Let's um, let's go ahead and remind everybody that this this particular episode is brought to you by RotoQL and their app SquadQL. Um, employ you guys to check it out. We'll tell you guys about them a little bit later on. Um, okay, diving into week three. Um, ouch! This week was not fun for me. How did you guys do? It was a it was a doo doo week for sure. It was a good good teams survived middle of the road or maybe like outside playoff teams got absolutely destroyed and some bad teams did okay. Depending and some on who bad you started. teams won, and you're like, no, <laughs> yeah, I had a couple of those. All I have to say is the one player that isn't on the agenda that probably should be, we talked about him last week with Russell, our good friend Tyler Boyd is the real deal. It's official. Yeah, well, I mean, I was actually going to, before you just tooted your own horn, I was actually going to toot your horn there, Nathan. But now now you can just take the horn and, and toot it yourself. Um, so, <laughs> no tooting. Yeah, don't, not on the podcast. We have, there's kids listening, so don't do that. But uh, yeah, uh, kudos to you on that call. Um, he has been... Lights out. I saw a tweet that he has more points than Odell Beckham Jr. this year uh, through week three, which wouldn't be very difficult, mind you. OBJ's doing all right. He's just, he just hasn't uh, scored, I don't think, yet. Or maybe he has and has just kind of been limited by well, his horrendous quarterback. I mean, yeah. It's just, or, or Tyler yeah. Boyd has like two 25-point games, so it's very easy <laughs> to get outscored by two 25-point games in three weeks. All right. I can't, I can't disagree with that. So kudos to you on your Boyd take. Anybody else you want to toot the horn of, Nathan, before they explode going into week four? Uh, no, no. I mean, I, I can do a little more tooting later on in the show, but uh, for now, it's a toot-free atmosphere. <laughs> yeah, it's too bad you didn't call out the uh, the Calvin Ridley breakout game uh, coming up in week three. Uh, I mean, I didn't call it for week three, but I called him a bye pretty much all offseason. So. Fair enough. I think we have recordings of you doing that, come to think of it. All right. Uh, well, <laughs> before we get into this show, I will uh, remind the listeners – uh, that you can support the Rotoviz Radio Network and our 10 shows per week on Patreon. By doing so, you'll gain exclusive access to Rotoviz Live, our Sunday morning video show answering all of your fantasy questions. Patronships start at just $5 per month and provide exclusive access to Rotoviz Live. That's four shows per month on top of the 40 podcasts you already get for just 5 bucks. So become a Rotoviz Radio patron today to join our exclusive community of listeners, access premium content, do your thing, uh, and helping this podcast out to grow and continue to produce high-quality industry-leading programming like what we do. Right, Nathan? I mean, some would say that. other Others would not. But, you know, we, <laughs> we, we fought through some technical difficulties before the show. You know, in the past, we would have recorded on a cell phone. We've, we've fought through that. Um, and by that, I mean I have another computer in the, in the house to use. All right. So this is it's not the exclusive computer is what you're saying, Nathan? I don't know what that means, but sure. 
Well, it, I mean, all technical difficulties aren't exclusively on Nathan. However, uh, since we're speaking of exclusives, as a loyal podcast listener, you can get 30% off an NFL uh, Rotoviz pass right now. It's available through the NFL podcast homepage. That's rotoviz.com forward slash, again, forward slash, not two of those, just forward slash, not backslash. Forward slash podcast. The season is here. Make sure you're ready. Gain unlimited access to all of our NFL content and tools so you get amazing value and support to the podcast network. Once again, that's rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Man, watching Nathan whiff that softball was one of the <laughs> greatest <laughs> moments I've ever seen. Underhand toss from like three feet away. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, Nathan, like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, what I mean. Nathan. Nathan so you know, no big deal. You have good takes, but podcasting not his thing, baby. Not his thing. <laughs> maybe, maybe he'll get that one right in three years, just like Tyler Boyd. <laughs> he's been doing it for two at this point, so I guess he's got another year to go. Uh, all right, let's go ahead and dive into the content. Uh, week three, while being, uh, while not quite being as exciting as week two for me, um, did bring on. The Baker Mayfield and sad funeral music for all of my love for Tyrod and side note Virginia Tarkoki's thank you for losing to Old Dominion University. <laughs> super cool watching that on TV. Jesus. <laughs> all right, let's get into Baker. All right, I'll start us off with Baker. And the, the exciting part about that Browns offense is how young it is and how many weapons there are around it. Yes, Josh Gordon is no longer there, but that's, it still leaves Jarvis Landry, Antonio Callaway, David Njoku. So many weapons to go around with Baker Mayfield. That I mean, I think that one of the biggest benefactors of the Mayfield move, other than just Mayfield himself, will be Njoku. I think that they'll end up having that that pairing. They're like, okay, I'm going to make sure to get him involved in the red zone and, you know, throughout the, the – you know, the field as well. So I think that of the non Mayfield winners of the Mayfield transition, I think it'll be in Joku. I mean, I, th- I think it, and this one's the obvious one, but Antonio Callaway seems like he's going to break out too. Uh, so I, I do like the Njoku buy before he does break out. And I think the, the, the words already out on Callaway. I think that's like the hot take of Twitter right now is that he's the guy uh, that you want to be owning in that offense. But who knows? I believe Dan listed on his week two Twitter uh, dynasty trades breakdown. If you follow Dan on Twitter at FF Salamander, uh, you're going to love it. Uh, but he, he broke down that if, if you're able to buy an Antonio Callaway share, do so, I believe is what you said, Dan. That's correct. I think I labeled him as the second most talented wide receiver in this class right behind Cortland Sutton. Um, yes, he had the off the field stuff, but it seems like we're maybe beyond that. Obviously, we can speculate as much as we want, but he looks good on the field. Uh, and for now, that's really all that matters until he gets in trouble off. So, yeah, I think I still think he's a buy. I think sky's the limit for him. I think the combination of he and Landry together as one and two wide receivers in an NFL offense is just about perfect. You've got Landry that can catch anything you know under the sun, and Antonio can take the top off the defense. Plus, you have Njoku that can work all around the field as well and is an explosive athlete. So you mix all of that with, I mean, Baker looked unbelievable. He looked, he looked very Drew Breesish. I mean, I don't want to jump the gun and and you know put him in the Hall of Fame now, but not only I believe did he have people are doing that on Twitter. Oh yeah, no, he's he's already a Twitter Hall of Famer. Um, but every single one of those balls had just heat on it. There was it was unbelievable how much velocity he's throwing with. So and accurate, you know, the, a little bit a little bit late on a couple of throws, but he hasn't seen any first rep snaps with. <laughs> or first team reps with the, with the team. So it's like, of course, he's maybe going to be a little bit late, but he's making up for it with velocity. I think with time, Baker's going to just 
be uncanny. I think I think we go from the Mahomes jump to Baker. I think I think they're kind of on the same level. Uh, and obviously, we'll talk about one of those folks later on. But uh, Eric, what does this do for Mayfield as far as not only one quarterback, you know, value because that's kind of pointless at this point, but in Superflex leagues, how high are you propping him up? Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty high. I don't want to go. I don't want to anoint him to the Hall of Fame already, but I don't know. He's in the discussion around the around being a, I don't know, late QB one. Actually, probably probably top five QB option um, in startups now. It's I don't know that you'd make a very good argument for five guys ahead of him at this point. So for me, I think his value is right there, especially with the Jimmy G injury, which is going to deflate his value. And he was up there. Um, As we all know, we all overreact consistently. So, I mean, I think that's probably where he's going to be and buying him right now in like a super flex league. That's not the move. Don't go out and buy him right now. Um, The hype is as hype as it's going to be, or maybe not. Maybe he he turns into Pat Mahomes, but honestly, the hype's kind of like that, right now so um i'm, I'm kind of just holding tight with mayfield if you have him if you don't have him and you don't have any shares and you didn't listen to this podcast where we told you to go out and buy shares um then i'm sorry for you but it ain't time to buy right now but he will be one of those guys that's just fun to watch on your dynasty team forever you, you mentioned uh jimmy g so we'll move on to our next player and that is jimmy garoppolo who has the uh, season ending torn ACO. Hold on, uh, I have I have a story real quick about uh, about Cleveland before we go to Jimmy G. I so I, I went to Great American Beer Fest. I don't know if you know what that is. It's like a thousand breweries in Denver, Colorado in the convention center. And there are booths set up for like taking brew visits to places. And there's a Cleveland booth in there that they're like, I'm in Denver, Colorado, and Cleveland is trying to sell me on taking a vacation to their town, which is for a brewery. Just completely absurd. Um and and like all of the all of the Cleveland people are just like just pouty sad and and they're winning the game baker looks amazing and i'm like guys congrats on your win there's there's still a minute left just wait (laughs) (laughs) i'm like like, all right well i'm gonna go drink but congrats on your win guys you're up by like 12 with with a minute left and they did win but uh then they were very ecstatic but yeah i i saw an entire booth of cleveland people really hesitant to uh to to believe they were going to win that football game eternal pessimists Yes. I mean, I can't blame them. They've lost a lot of games due to very unsavory circumstances. Okay, let's move on to Jimmy G. But also Cleveland Booth in Denver, Colorado. What are you paying money for, Cleveland? That's a bad idea. Go to like Milwaukee or something. Don't try to pull me out of Denver. All right. Jimmy Garoppolo uh, football, you know, football podcast we have here. I think that there's a combination of the fact that obviously he's out for the year, so that's going to decrease his value. People are going to be uh, you know, urgent to get, you know, a quarterback, particularly in Superflex, where it's harder to replace that quarterback when you lose him to injury. Uh, but I think the other thing is that, like, he was unimpressive, or he at least wasn't really the great quarterback that many people expected him to be this offseason. This offseason, he's one of the most hyped quarterbacks I've ever seen in my years of Dynasty Twitter. People were trying to put him as, like, the QB5 overall in Dynasty. Dude, and I saw I, people higher than that, man. I saw people arguing for, like, QB1 status. It was absurd. And honestly, I, I still think he has that sort of upside, but I think because he struck, he didn't, it wasn't terrible his first three weeks, but he didn't really light it up either. But I think that that combined with the injury uh, gives him a buying opportunity. I think you can probably get him for like an early third type range in, uh, in one QB leagues. And I think that a mid to late first would buy him in, in one in super flex. If you can afford to wait the year. That seems, that seems fair. Um, and also, I'd like to blame whoever that porn star was that was dating him for I this injury. Entirely. 
Uh, such a bad take. <sighs> Everything she touches turns to gold, except for a quarterback's knee. Maybe something else turned gold. All right. Um, wow. So- <laughs> All right. What is going on? <laughs> yeah, no, I think, Nathan, I think you're right on it with, with the values. And, and even somebody who maybe is struggling at, at quarterback, maybe throwing out a, a lesser option at quarterback to maybe get Jimmy, if maybe your team isn't competing quite yet and you can, you can kind of take the hit and don't really need it, um, swapping out an older quarterback or a less impressive quarterback for uh, Garoppolo and just kind of sit on, on the IR and deal with them in 2019. Um, but the big thing here is, and, and honestly, I agree he did not look impressive whatsoever, but he doesn't have anyone to throw it to. San Francisco is going to need to go get some weapons for him. Uh, obviously not having Jarek McKinnon, who is a great pass catcher, um, hurts, but you need wide receivers. And Pierre Garçon has been nothing. Um, Marquise Goodwin has been banged up and you know, kind of here and there. Dante Pettis has looked has kind of flashed, has looked okay, um, looked good here and there, but they don't really have a true one um, or like an alpha on that offense. And and they, they're going to need one uh, in the Shanahan style offense. You know, we, we look back to Atlanta and with Julio Jones. So uh, I don't think they need a Julio Jones, but they, they need someone that can dominate targets and, and just kind of help take over and someone for Jimmy G to lean on. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if they did that in the draft. Uh, I think Nathan's take here is exactly right, where going out and taking the discount and the, the quote, deflated value that he's already sustained through three weeks and buying Jimmy G. And, and for that matter, maybe buying McKinnon, too, who hasn't had a, bl- a blurb about him at all um, while we're talking about 49ers here. Both players, to me, seem like they're probably buys. Now, Jimmy G being... Um, a situation where if you're contending, then sorry about it. Like if you're in a two QB league, then buying, then, then it's, it's unfortunate. You're not really in a spot to buy him. But um, I think if your teams, especially if it's not contending, buying Jimmy G is a very smart move. What is the price tag you guys would be trying to target in a super flex league for, for Jimmy G? I, I would probably be trying to get it done for a first and see if I could get somebody to overreact. Yeah, I think the more likely scenario is you end up doing this. What's something I'm look look at doing right now is if you have like a veteran type, like an Eli Manning, someone who is basically only getting you points because they're a starter. If you can do something like Eli Manning in a late first or Eli Manning in an early second, I think that is more likely to entice someone like, oh, well, those points that I'm missing, I'm not going to be missing them any, anymore, at least as much, and getting the pick on top. So I think you might have to throw in a, a veteran, an older uh, type of quarterback who doesn't have much value, but. Uh, just to give the, them their replacement at the quarterback position. Dan? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm fully on board. Okay, well, let's go ahead and pivot then on to our next pivot. quarterback. Pivot. This is the quarterback start to the show. Um, and this is Josh Rosen, who, um, you know, the, the Cardinals make a lot of sense. They make a lot of sense. <laughs> They're so they're so it's, bad. It's it makes so much sense. Why not? Well, just bench him for two and a half weeks and then just start him because, like, why not? Why not? I mean, no, not two and a half weeks. Two and the entire game except for the last drive weeks. Like, you might as well just throw him in there. What's the worst? I mean, yeah, of course that makes total sense. The, well, maybe the, even more sense is on a a drive for the game when they needed a first round, a first down, and like a yard and a half. They instead of giving it to David Johnson, who, I mean, he's okay, I guess. You give it to Chase Edmonds who didn't have a chance. It was, it was of dynasty team. buys. David Johnson. Did you the reason for it, that, that David Johnson, why he wasn't in on that play? 
he missed a block on the last play, and they said, <laughs> all right, you need to come listen why you missed this block. <sighs> just, I mean, just fire them all with fire. Fire them with fire. And uh, I mean, but this is a first-year staff, so they're not going to get fired. They're, they're making a lot of really poor decisions. Don't, never say never. It can happen. I mean, yes, there are first-year coaches that have been fired, but I don't see that as being the case. But anyways, let's focus on Josh Rosen here. I think that not today is the time to buy Josh Rosen. It's going to be in four weeks when he's had, he's had like uh, two or three weeks of just absolutely abysmal play because his team around him is so bad. So, uh, you know, everyone knows the team is bad, but, you know, people have a hard time, you know, grasping, oh, this, this guy is being thrown into a terrible situation. And that's why he's not playing well. Not, oh, this guy's playing badly. That, therefore, he's bad. So I think that what Rosen does over the next few weeks is not a reflection over what he is as an NFL you know, quarterback or as a prospect. And a player closely tied to Josh Rosen, I think, who you can go by now and won't have the opportunity to in four weeks is Larry Fitzgerald. I, I think you can go throw a, a mid-tier upside wide receiver at somebody for Larry because I'm sure someone's frustrated that their 600-year-old grandfather wide receiver is doing absolutely nothing this year when, you know, it should have been unlock wide receiver one season again. Um, but, because- but, I mean, is that is that really a good – I mean, because here's my worry with that take is, how, I mean, if Fitz gets frustrated and retires, is this the year you want to be buying Fitz? Like, is it really going to get better this year? Like, are we really expecting David Johnson and Fitz to have serious fantasy production? Because I'm not. I think this is just a black hole. It's a black hole, but at the same time, I think making the move to Rosen is an important one. And I think you start to see both of them start to produce a little bit more. Um, it won't be immediate, but it will be this year. And I, I still believe that that Fitz is, um, I mean, he's fully capable. They just, they need to get him the ball. Um, and I'm not saying like go out and give a bunch of upside and a bunch of picks and everything for Larry Fitzgerald. I'm saying try to buy him cheap. Um, because What's then it, it won't in your, in your case, is it, is it, is it a third if you can pull? Yeah. It? I mean, throw, throw an early third and an upside random flyer wide receiver at somebody just to see if they bite because, Honestly, the the potential production with Fitz on a contender, uh, I mean, that's just insulation. Even if it doesn't pan out, what we're, what are you losing there? Nothing that's going to pan out likely. So, I mean, I think you might you have somebody him. who thinks like what I just said, where it's like, okay, I'm I'm worried he retires and is never going to produce ever again, so I need to get out. That's not a sure. crazy line of thought. Not at all, and you could probably get him for even cheaper then. Yeah, interesting. Very interesting. Um, Nathan, anything else on Mr. Josh Rosen? I, I wouldn't be buying Fitz because I think that offense is going to be so bad. <laughs> yep. I I think I'm of the mindset for you. Are you selling for a third, though, Nathan? No, I, I need a second. Yeah, and you might be able to get it. I don't know. There's a lot of name recognition there. Um, all right. Well, let's let's take a sec, tell you guys about our sponsor, RotoQL, today. Um, and we've talked about it for a couple of weeks now um, about getting an unfair advantage to dominate your fantasy football team. Uh, make sure you look no further than the, to downloading the Squad QL app, the only mobile app that you'll need to crush your friends and rivals this year. Squad QL recommends the best starting lineup for you each week based off your starters, bench players, and free agency pool. That's going to come in handy with the bye weeks coming up next week. Uh, you may ask, how does Squad QL actually do this? The app connects directly with Yahoo, ESPN, and CBS leagues, pulling in your actual roster and your league scores, scoring settings. Uh, SquadQL provides waiver and trade recommendations, plus the app is your go-to 
uh, for fantasy uh, this week or this year. Uh, head to squadql.com and download SquadQL, your all-in-one fantasy football manager. SquadQL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, the leading daily fantasy lineup optimizer trusted by 100,000 DFS players. You can also download RotoQL for free for both Apple and Android. Go check them out. All right, let's start off with Tyler Lockett. He has started off the season hot. We've had the Doug Baldwin injury, which has pretty much made him the number one wide receiver in that offense. He's had a touchdown each of the first three weeks. The Seahawks have been bad, but Tyler Lockett has not. Uh, are you buying Lockett as a you know a season long type you know wide receiver two, wide receiver three, Dan, or you think this is a time to sell for Lockett owners? No, I mean I've, I've I was buying in the off season. I'm I'm still buying now. If somebody thinks it's fluky. Um, and you have to pay a moderately increased price. Uh, I'm still all aboard for it. I think I think it's somebody who kind of maybe struggled to be healthy throughout his first few years in the NFL, and maybe now is just kind of feeling good. His his um, his yards per catch is up a lot. I mean, they're targeting him down the field where he's best, uh, and even when they aren't, he seems to be able to kind of catch and run with it. Like you said, he's got three touchdowns this year, one each game. Um, not a ton of catches, so maybe not a ton a ton of upside in PPR. Uh, we always like to mention these type of down-the-field threats as good best ball options like your Deshaun Jackson and guys like that. Um, but I think I think Lockett's going to be a little bit more reliable than just kind of a spot start or best ball option. Uh, I think he's an every-week start, honestly. And I, I think I think the touchdown upside is real because who else is catching passes there other than Brandon Marshall? Um, and he's explosive. He, he honestly could take it to the house at any point. Um, we've already seen, I think, a 50-yard touchdown catch this year. So honestly, I think the upside is truly there. He just needs to stay healthy. Yeah, I mean, this is this is finally starting to because because we saw it a little bit in his rookie year, and he started to started to explode and then kind of regressed a bit. Um, but he's he's really coming on strong here. Without uh, he's like the one bright spot as you mentioned on this particular offense coming on while Baldwin is out, and I think he's going to continue to have a role even if Baldwin makes a comeback. And and I think you make a point about the number of targets that he's getting being boom or bust. I mean, he's. He got four targets in the week one, seven in week two, six in week three. That's sustainable production for somebody that explosive. Now, granted, is he going to put up a four catch for 23 week on you without a touchdown? Yeah, he will. Uh, But I think that's the floor for him. If he's getting that much target, uh, you mentioned that the explosiveness for him is what's really exciting because he can, he can, he can take it to the house every single time. And, and as he gains more trust with Wilson and Wilson's like, well, I don't have anything else. I'm just going to take the top off with Lockett and lock it and hit him. Um, What is the, the the valuation for Lockett's kind of fluctuated so much. I mean, he was originally drafted in the second, third round of startup or in the second, third round of rookie drafts uh, crept towards the first round valuation. I'd say, he kind of, I'd say at peak Harmon days, he was in that 109 to 111 range. Yeah. yeah. So so what are you saying in rookie drafts or when when he started to explode? When Harmon touted him in his second year. Yes. Yes, exactly right. Um, and, and I agree completely. So is he back to that valuation, you think? And is that merited? Or what, what valuation would you be a buyer for Tyler Lockett? And when what valuation would you sell for him or sell him off your team? I, I think he's entered the the zone of worth more than a second, worth less than a first type range. And if he, you have a cup, and I think it's very likely that he ends up having a couple more weeks like this, and then he en- enters that first round range. So, I mean, I wouldn't sell for anything less than than a first. Yeah, and I think it's just honestly early second, um, sending out offers of mid seconds and another piece or something like that, just to see if anyone's biting. Uh, maybe if they think the touchdowns are fluky or whatever it happens to be. 
but yeah, I think you're right on the nose again, Nathan, with valuation. I think more than a or more than a second, less than a first. Um, but like you said, it's only going to take one, maybe two more of these, and he'll be locked in at that first round valuation. So if you believe in the talent, uh, which I think everybody here does, and I, th- I think he's more than capable. Plus, he's still only 26. Um, he's not even in his prime yet. Uh, we just need his health. Like I said, I, I think you can go out and buy him for try, try an early second and see what happens. And uh, hopefully you can reap the benefits. Yeah. I mean, now my trade, you know, where I gave Devontae Adams for Tyler Lockett is not looking <laughs> quite as silly. Um, no, it's still bad. <laughs> damn it, Chad Parsons. <laughs> it, was, it was a very nice buy by him. Okay. Let's go ahead and pivot. Actually, let's talk Seahawks. One more thing that I think is interesting. Somebody that we haven't talked a ton about, but Chris Carson got like 30 carries and over a hundred yards in this game. And Penny didn't get squat. Is there, are we overreacting to this? I mean, is this the time to sell Carson? I'm assuming my, my opinion would be yes. If you can, uh, now's the time to get out because the window just opened for you. I don't think you need to sell Carson as much as you need to buy Penny. I think that Carson could still be, end up being a viable back. Um, I, I don't see him being the workhorse long-term, obviously because I'm telling you to buy Penny, but I think that you have you have at least the next few weeks to where Carson's probably going to be getting a similar type workload. I don't think the bottom's really going to fall out as quickly as I thought it would because I was a big fan of Penny and his first round draft capital. Uh, but it looks like they're going to give the the carries to Chris Carson and give him you know some catches out of the backfield as well. So it's one of those things that I, you're kind of just taking the found money, taking the found points right now. And I, I'm not urgently trying to sell. He, he's more of the classic like okay, he, he had like a running back 16 type season and then you go and try and sell him in the off season before you know rookie drafts and those type but of things. see that's not dude there is that's not gonna this is gonna thomas rawls all over your face if you try to pull no because no, the thomas rawls thing works every time because pe- you still have the the truthers are like oh wow that was such a great season by chris carson and they and they go out and continue to buy throughout the offseason no the, the the value deflates because you assume that they're gonna they're pick somebody up over it i feel like that that's i, I I'd, I'd argue this pretty fervorously that, that the value falls with these guys after the season, whether merited or not. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is, I don't know, I'd be selling, but I don't, I don't know what you can get though. So maybe you do just take the found money. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's a hold and I think it's a definite buy on Penny. Um, I'm still trying to buy where I can because people are panicking now um, that he hasn't done anything for three weeks and Carson has been okay, I, I guess. Um, it's still kind of a sloppy offense with not a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of space to go anywhere uh, until they really fix everything. So um, I think it's kind of a, a buy and wait mode rather than buy and expect points. So buying Penny, fading Carson. Um, I'm not of the frame of mind that he's going to be a relevant player for very long. Uh, I think we see him fade away sooner rather than later. But Pete Carroll's also very uh very not great so i mean he he is bad i mean and he seems to be making a point because there was there's more of a timeshare and then he he rode the hot hand so to speak and carson got 30 freaking carries so it's pretty insane um and that's probably how it goes all season to be fair it's probably like whoever gets hot is pete carroll's just gonna ride him ride him to that or ride them to death um okay let's go ahead and pivot to a guy who uh, absolutely exploded onto the scene. A guy that I think all three of us has talked pretty favorably about in the. No, Oscars. no, 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 no! I will not let this happen. No, sir. Don't even. Don't <laughs> what are you saying? Even. I don't like Calvin Ridley. No, no. Well, first of all, Dan thinks he's like a CFL player, and you I never like, said he was a CFL player. I said he was an elite route runner, the way that couldn't grow and was going to get bullied at the line. Yeah, I, 
I don't recall saying anything negative about Calvin, but go ahead. Remind yeah, jog yeah. my memory. Okay. I mean, I, I'm more so Dan, cause Dan has, has, you know, uh, hated my Ridley takes pretty much since the day he was drafted, which is really when I started liking Ridley was the day he was drafted in the first round of the NFL draft and the dynasty community wasn't valuing him that way. So, and honestly, he's ended up in a really good situation where, you know, the number two wide receiver opposite of Julio, there's some good matchup situations where they end up doubling Julio and whoop, Calvin Ridley's wide open. So yeah. I, I, I think that the positive side is that there was some concern that Mohamed Sanu would end up being the number two still and that Ridley would kind of develop into that number two uh, later on. But it looks like Ridley is the number two right now. So I think that's the positive for his short, short-term outcome. Uh, and that's a good thing because he's so old. So there you go. And yeah, maybe, maybe <laughs> and, and I, I'll give you this, Nathan. I did talk about Sanu being a sneaky buy for valuation purposes. Uh, but I don't, I don't think I poo-pooed Ridley for that. Um, and to be fair, Sanu still doing some things. Um, having- also, it's only one game against an No, he's going to touch down in week two. Yeah, but all right, all right, all right, all right. All right, let's stop the bickering and let's talk about Ridley. And and I mean, obviously, he exploded here with three TDs, 150 yards, just a ridiculous game. Um, what are we doing, if anything, with Ridley? I mean, or is this just the coming out party? There's no longer an option to buy for cheap. Is that really what just happened? It's an outlier game that's going to insulate his price and not allow you to buy at all. It's going to force his price way up because people are going to think he's elite, like Nathan. Um, no, again, I don't think he, uh, that's a bit. I'm, Nathan, I'm kidding. You know, I'm kidding. Um, it, it's New Orleans in a in a, a barn burner, right? That nothing, no, there was no defense played. It was it was throw it throw it as many times as you possibly can. Matt Ryan had like like 50 fantasy points. That's not sustainable. Um, it's still Julio first, Julio second, and Julio third. And if anyone else happens to be open or they're doubling Julio, like Nathan said, which they won't be anymore because now they can see what Calvin Ridley can do when you leave him on a safety or fresh off the line without any press, that's what's going to happen. Yes, he's still going to be a good route runner. He's still going to get open, but they're not going to let him run free like they did all game on Sunday. It was ridiculous. If you if you go back and watch it, they didn't they weren't even trying to cover him. I mean, it, it's going to be tough to cover these three receivers. I just in general, it might be the obvious statement of the day, but all three of them seem to be playing at a pretty high level, and I'm including Sanu in that, um, that it, as, as the wide receiver three on that particular offense, I think, I think they're a tough offense to, uh, to cover. Uh, they've got some nice weapons there. So I don't know. I mean, who do you, who do you double team here? I guess you double team Julio and pray your man coverage on Ridley works, right? Yeah, I mean, that's what basically what you have to do when you have a Julio type wide receiver. Uh, but just talking about Calvin Ridley's overall dynasty value right now, I, I think that his value really hadn't fallen since his draft day. So he's probably still valued around that late first. Maybe, mm-hmm. some, maybe some people with 19 wide receiver mania would have said, oh, he's not even worth a late first. But I, I think that now, for, for, at least from a seller's perspective, there's no way I'd take anything less than something that would project to be at the 104 to 106 type value. And I know that's probably overvaluing it, but you know, there's no point in selling it without anything that high. That's fair. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think I completely, and I, I think you would be hard pressed to find somebody at this point in time willing to part with Ridley for, for just a first, but I, but it wouldn't shock me. People are, are planning to massively overpay for this after this game. So if you may, if you're a Ridley owner and can manage to get somebody to massively overpay on the outlier, Go Jonas Gray them right now. Go do it. <laughs> yes, comparing Gray. Jonas Gray to a first round wide receiver makes a lot. No, of no, no. Sense. That's my 
that's I'm not comparing the two of them. I'm comparing the the outlier game is what I'm saying because Jonas Gray once had a four TD game and everybody freaked out. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> that is all I'm comparing. Okay, let's move on to a man that made me say wow out loud while watching football, and that is Patrick Mahomes and his scramble and that freaking dart he threw into the corner of the end zone. That thing was sweet. Um, all right, I'm just going to say it. Do we have a new QB1 in Dynasty overall? The the arrows pointed that direction, and Nathan, I don't know if you recall this. I believe it was the episode. It was just you and I. But do you remember who I selected as uh, representing the AFC in the Super Bowl? I may have been the Chiefs. Do you recall why that was? Because of Mr. Mahomes. Oh, interesting. I uh, this one this one is uh, I think we kind of all saw it coming. People were skittish, um, and obviously you can't always just assume because someone has a big arm that they're going to turn into this. But the combination of those weapons, Andy Reid. And the Mahomes like gunslinger mentality. This was just kind of it, like it, it was. It was almost too obvious that it seemed like it was kind of a sucker play. But man, he's he's on that trajectory. I don't honestly because of the injuries and other offenses. I don't think there's a chance in hell you can take Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson over him right now. Um, you know, some people want to put Carson Wentz in that category. I don't have him there. Uh, as much as I don't want to lean on three games for Mahomes, my goodness, <laughs> this, it, it's it it looks too easy. It looks way too easy. I I updated my dynasty rankings earlier today, and I, I put Wentz at one, and I put Mahomes at two. And I think that's fine. I, I think you know Wentz is making his way back. I, I I'm not as worried. Um, about him kind of just shaking off the rust as maybe like a Deshaun Watson, who's kind of had a shakier start, looked better, um, but still rather shaky. So I think in terms of high-end quarterbacks with up, you know, tons of upside and youth on their side, I don't really think you can go any other direction than Patrick Mahomes. And I've had that arrow pointed upwards for a while. Uh, I was a little bit standoffish at first, but over time, I think it's I think it's just kind of become inevitable. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be tough to argue, and and the QB one conversation is there. Um, most certainly, Q, top QB, top five QBs, and he'll regress a little bit. But my God, if he regresses a little bit, it'll be fine. He'll be still be <laughs> worth of like he'll still be scoring you twenty points a game. So let's back up because this is another one of those players like Baker Mayfield, who's a ton of fun to watch and would be a ton of fun to have on your dynasty team. And if you did manage to miss out, not me, um, what, like, what are you buying Mahomes for if you can in a two QB league? And I think he's most certainly worth buying in a one QB league if you can do it. Yeah, super flex, the price ends up being a little bit too high. I mean, it's basically going to be a 101 plus type type valuation. I, um, I, don't, I, don't, I honestly don't think he's buiable in a super flex league. Right. I mean, and, he, I mean, he might go like as the second overall pick in a super flex league. Right, right, yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I can't see myself giving up, you know, a OBJ, a DeAndre Hopkins, Mike Evans type player for Mahomes quite yet, even in super flex. But, I mean, this is the perfect example of if you have a whole QB, maybe you just lost Jimmy Garoppolo. Maybe you go to the Mahomes owner and say, hey, I'll give you Garoppolo for next year and an early to mid-second. And then they end up doing it because they're, they're trying to make the long play. And, you know, you probably lose long-term on the value there, but you're getting the quarterback that's going to be scoring a ton of points um, this year and from 
for the future as well. There is no way that deal gets it done. No, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Don't think Garoppolo in an early second. Garoppolo in two firsts. No, no it's the wait. Mo- in a one QB league. Oh no, I'm talking about. Oh oh, QB I'm leagues. sorry. I thought you were talking super flex. I was like, no, there no, is no, no way that gets it done. No, even no, then, no. I'm not sure you can do that in a one QB league. I mean, but I don't see his value being much higher than an early yeah. second. In your I was about to say because yeah, you know, I mean, I agree with Nathan on the valuation. I just think you're not right now. You are not going to get somebody to sell Mahomes. It's no, I mean, an unviable prospect. You need you need something in the realm of like a four first round package, whether it be player or pick, that gets you to that valuation. And I don't really think anybody's quite yep. worth that. Um, What's the but, dynasty rule? Yeah. Don't give away four firsts for anyone. <laughs> Three is even pushing it. Yep, <laughs> that is that is a good steadfast rule there um, for this. So, um, all right, well let's let's go ahead and talk about our second sponsor for the day. Um, that's right, we have a second sponsor for today, and that is FantasyMath.com. Um, so we all have to make who do I start, who do I sit decisions every week, and FantasyMath.com is here to help you make those big calls. You need to choose between Emmanuel Sanders and Nelson Aguilar. Put your matchup in the fantasy math and let it help with all those big calls. A player's viability, whether you're the favorite, correlate, correlations across your matchups. Fantasy math takes it all into account and it helps you make the right lineup call. It's matchup specific. And also now, RotoViz listeners get a season long membership for just $20 by using the link rotoviz.fantasymath.com. So don't miss out, rotoviz.fantasymath.com. Check it out. All right, let's move on to our next one. It's going to be another rookie. Dallas Golder had his breakout game. Whoa, whoa, Nathan just went French. No, he was from France. Julien, Nathan Powell. Dallas Goddard uh, with the Wentz uh, premiere of 2018. He had some success. He had around 20 PPR points. He had the touchdown. Uh, so is this one of those – I mean – uh, Dan, I know we talked about before season how he was just the perfect best ball guy because he's going to have these like random 20 point games. Is there any chance he becomes, you know, a startable in a, in a normal season long league? Or you think it's just going to be fluky production right now? I think in the short term, he, he's got that upside. I think, I think it makes a lot of sense until they get Jeffrey back to run a lot of two tight end sets, uh, which they were doing a lot on Sunday. Uh, it, it tore up Indy pretty bad because uh, Earth still had a good game as well. So I think, I think short term, you see a lot of two tight end sets. You you kind of see some easier throws for Wentz. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't help that you know Aguilar isn't all that great uh, at the moment. He was kind of a target hog for the first two weeks and not exactly efficient. Um, so I think they just kind of turn to to making some easy throws for Wentz. Not that he can't make those other throws, but kind of just getting him back into game speed and everything like that. Uh, so I think we see both tight ends maintain some some decent some decent value right now. Uh, I think Goddard starts to kind of die down a little bit as as Wentz gets back into the swing of things. Once Alshon comes back, I think you can kind of completely write him off. Uh, but for short term, I think I think he's almost startable, honestly, uh, especially in a maybe in a tight end league where you're streaming tight ends or or a younger team where Goddard just happens to be your top option. Uh, I think he's definitely startable now um, for until Alshon comes back. Yeah, I mean, I think you sniped my take here, and that is this game plan with Wentz coming back seemed very tight end specific. You have you have Ertz getting ten targets here, got Goddard getting two, getting seven. Um, it, it just and and nobody else over five. So it just seemed like they really wanted to, 
you know, make Wentz feel comfortable, give him his blankies, and he ran with it. So I, I think you've got it exactly right, Dan. I think I think there is long-term value here, um, and there is a long-term play, but now is not the time to buy. Wait till the hype dies down. But it is exciting for a, a tight end to flash in his rookie year. For sure, yeah. I mean, he's one of those guys that I think right now he's kind of entered that early second range. I don't think that you can get him for any any cheaper uh, but I, I'm not sure I'd really go go buying for that price either because the inconsistent play of a, a tight end too, and you know it's, it's a long road to find where Zach Ertz is in the tight end. So maybe I'm looking go looking go out and try and sell one of my Goddard shares this week because I think that he could you know end up not being as good as maybe some people are hyping up right now. Yep, absolutely. Okay, let's talk about. Um... I heard I heard him called, and I haven't heard this before, but I was listening to a podcast, and they called him the BMW. That's Big Mike Williams, um, looking like he's giving Keenan Allen a run for his money on most uh, most valuable receiver on this particular offense of Philip Rivers. So um, I don't actually think that's true, but it man, he's he's been looking good. I think we I think we were pretty vocal about calling Williams a buy and and. At his valuation and his draft. Keep on giving Dan too much credit. He he hates Mike Williams too. You're calling everyone that Dan hates just oh we all love that guy. No, Dan never said buy Mike Williams. <laughs> well, this just shows I don't listen to Dan on the show, so that's it's not not surprising. Positive positive game script two out of three weeks um, and a couple of longer plays. I mean that kind of plays into his repertoire. I still. Not in love with the player. I think he makes sense in that offense, though, aside from Keenan Allen. On the other side from Keenan Allen, not us side from Keenan Allen. Um, and obviously Melvin Gordon toting the rock for the most part. Um, but then you see um, negative game script with Buffalo. Yes, he did have a touchdown, but only two targets. So, I mean, he's going to be hit and miss. I, I think I think he's really dependent on them needing to push the ball downfield because that's where he excels. Uh, other, than, other than that, I mean... I don't know. I don't know. You can go buy him. He's got three touchdowns in in three games. Two last yeah. week. Two this week. Uh, and he, he. I mean, he did look good. Don't get me wrong. He did look good. But again, they're behind. They have to push the ball downfield. And he made some plays. So I mean, kudos to him for making those plays. I just. I don't see it. I mean, the the valuation is is going to get out of hand here real quick. So that that's that's probably the bottom line here. Is if you bought in this off season before his value went up you can buy him as the wide receiver two on this team that's a prolific offense and the wide receiver two on this team is going to have fantastic weeks and is going to be startable is going to be a wide receiver two three and startable week in and week out now if you're now trying to get on the mike williams train it's too late it might be time to get on the keenan allen train if somebody's freaking out with all this mike williams production but it ain't time to buy on Mike Williams. I'll be I'll be passing because because nothing under a first is going to get it done, and, and I'm just not interested in paying that price tag for him. But Keenan, I might go out and try to shop him. I, I don't. I, I don't think anyone's selling their Keenan Allen shares based off what Mike Williams has done early on this season. Um, but I would. I mean, I, I would have given up a late first before the season started. I would definitely give up a late first today. Still, um, I, I think that he's uh, you know a very good player when he's healthy, and you know he looks to be healthy right now. So. I think that's going to be a high-volume passing offense as long as Rivers is there. So I think there's a lot to like about Mike Williams in his game, and I think that he can end up being, you know, a low-end wide receiver two, high-end wide receiver three by season end. Yeah, and I, I don't I don't know that I disagree with that. I, I would – you're buying for a late first in the offseason? That seems – that just seems – No, no, no. I'm saying I would have if I had to. I mean, I, but I didn't have to. Oh, I was about yeah. to say, what? when was his price that high? That That's super interesting. So you have a ton of Williams is what you're telling me? 
I have a decent amount. All right. Well, yeah, if you're paying a late first for him in, in the offseason, because I think a second was getting it done in many places, people giving up on him or trying to uh, before the habitual or the, uh, the the proverbial hype train started on him and, and people got on him again. So it's, it's just a, it's just an ebb and a flow. Um, all right, let's go ahead and talk about a player whose swag was on a swag, not swag. Sorry, I'm in Colorado using the wrong terms here. Uh, whose swag was on 11 and who laid a beat down on the Minnesota Vikings and ruined everybody's survivor pool. And that is Josh swag. Oh, I keep saying swag. That's not right. Uh, Allen, uh, he looked absurd and looked hurtling guys just looked insane, looked to be on fire. What are we doing? I mean, is, are we buying this hype? Not today. Like there's no reason to buy Josh Allen today (laughs) off of of what might end up being the greatest game he ever plays against one of the best defenses in the NFL. So no, don't buy Josh Allen today. Wait until he has a Josh Allen, Allen S performance in week four or five, six, if you really are into, you know, trying to buy him and you um, on your roster yet. But I, I do think that he is one of those truther type guys where whoever has him on the roster right now, particularly in Superflex leagues, probably likes him a good bit. I mean, when it comes down to one QB leagues, you can probably get him for an early third if you're really sniffing for Josh Allen right now. But in, in Superflex, uh, I think you'd have to give a first. So I'm not really trying to do that at the moment, especially because I, I think that he'll be cheaper in two or three weeks. Yeah. I mean, unless he keeps this up, then it, then then his value is going to continue to rise. But it, it's it, it's interesting. I mean, all of the rookie quarterbacks, I guess, Rosen aside, have looked pretty good thus far, um, or have at least flashed in some way, shape, or form. Um, and that's kind of exciting for the future of the NFL, where a lot of these older guys are going to be changing the guard. I don't know, just like a general observation that it's it's exciting to have three or four guys out of this class looking the part. Don't worry, they're all terrible in 2019. So. We'll see. Sophomore slump, but I mean, yeah, we're, we're like no, every- no, no, no. I'm saying 2019 QB class is awful. Oh, I see what you're saying. I thought you were saying they're going to be terrible next year. Um, but yeah, I mean the yeah, I mean everybody's freaking out about Darnold right now being terrible, and I'm like, what's the dude's 19? It'll be fine. Like he's flashed enough for me to believe that you know he's going to be able to turn this around and actually is a decent quarterback. Uh, I know Dan's on mute, so ha 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 ha. Because he would say otherwise. All right, the, the baby is crying, so uh, you know I'm sure Dan was crying when he saw Josh Allen's output. Um, so <sighs> I guess we'll wrap up the show for today, Eric. Uh, do you have any hot takes for Week Four before we head out? Um, Deontay Thompson five. Oh, stop it! CD. No, I'm just stop kidding. <laughs> you posted that somewhere else too. What's your What's your thing with you? No, no. What I posted before is he's on. He's on the waiver wire of Dynasty waiver wires, and he's worth and he a fly. Be. No, he, he's not. He's terrible. I think he's worth a flyer. I have no pro- no problem picking him up. I have him on several teams. If he's he's, I mean that that offense looks to be absolutely the worst. So, um, but he has a role in that offense, so could potentially help you out. Um, okay, let's go ahead and wrap the show. Remind everybody to leave a five-star rating and review. Check it out. And remember to tweet at me when Deontay Thompson has two touchdowns next week and say, Eric, you're so smart. I love it. And Mike Davis starts for the Seahawks. Remember that. 
Uh, <laughs> it's a throwback to Nathan ripping on me again. Um, I think that's all we got, guys. Um, hold on, hold on. Baby, baby, crying. Hold on, I got, I gotta go back to the takes. Uh, Josh Allen, milk toast, Cam Newton with no talent. Uh, J- Sam Darnold's no good, and don't do anything with Deontay Thompson. All right, that's it. <laughs> all right. Uh, well. On that note, uh, five star ratings review. We'll catch up with you guys next week. Uh, Nathan, I think you got something to say. Oh, follow Nathan on Snapchat. That's NPALFF. <laughs> Make sure you check him out. We've, we've got him a couple extra followers. His fantasy football minute was just awful this week. He was wrong pretty much consistently across the board. So that was fun to watch. Yeah, uh, but the good thing is, uh, I know everyone cares about my, my survivor pool. Everyone in my pool picked the Vikings. So we, we start again next week. <laughs> Uh, well, too bad I was already out of my survivor pool. Thanks, Saints, week one. That was cool. Uh, but we'll start up again this week. So, Okay, let's go ahead and wrap the show. Uh, for Nathan, Dan, and myself, we will catch up with you guys next week. Peace out!